So before we even get started with the glorious, glorious interview with our buddy Shane Beckett, I need to make sure you guys are all in on ProFootballFocus.com. Hopefully, a bunch of you have had a chance to check it out already. They've got that edge. They've got that elite. Here's the key, right? Why not get more data to help you win your league from the guys that have more data than anybody else? They've got the elite that has the premium stats database and green line game picks. Gives you all the performance data you need to make winning picks all season long. Just sign up at ProFootballFocus.com and use promo code POD20 pod twenty to save 20%. It's about data. Get it from ProFootballFocus.com. They have it. It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Russ Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, the show that's so nice we do it twice. Evan Silva from Roto World's The Star at Evan Silva. I am... Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter and Instagram. If you are looking for a place to make online wagers this season, betonline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. Just use the code podcast one to receive a 50% sign up bonus. And I know you guys want to know a couple things today. You want to hear Shane Beckett, a.k.a. Uncle Bucket's awesome interview, which I totally understand. And you also want to know the three latest winners of the Fantasy Feast Eaton Podcast season-long league. Without further ado, it's Guy Ng, who sent in multiple sponsor confirmations and rated the show. Tyler Charlton, same thing. Rated and reviewed the show, which he sent me, Ross at RossTucker.com, and multiple season-long submissions with sponsors. And then Tim Sambor, who took advantage of Squad QL, which is pretty cool. The Squad QL app is awesome as well. So you three are in. We got three more next week. It's not over. We'll have my own line tiers, and we'll get three more guys in the last three dudes next week. Before we bring on my guy, Uncle Buckets, who I love, um, you know what? I wonder if Uncle Buckets is a Dollar Shave Club member. If he's not, he should be. You know, those dudes in Canada, I don't think any of them, I don't think enough of them shave. They just all have beards and crazy facial hair because it's cold and they're chugging Molson or Labatt Blue or whatever it is they drink. But if they ever want a razor, Dollar Shave Club is what it's all about. I've been a member... Gosh, at this point, it seems like forever. I don't even remember what it was like to have to go buy razors at the store and stand in line and then have to, you know, keep going through the razor. Now I can get one more shave out of this because I don't want to have to use another one and go back to the store. Stupid. Use dollarshaveclub.com. It is awesome. Plus, the body cleanser is great, the one wipe Charlie's, and there's nothing better than the shave butter. Nothing. You can get it all 
at dollarshaveclub.com slash feast with their daily essentials starter set. Again, dollarshaveclub.com slash feast. A couple people that were looking to get into the Fantasy Feast season-long league I know sent me that they, they got the daily essentials starter set. It's five bucks. It's five bucks. It's a great way to get into the redraft league. dollarshaveclub.com slash feast. Uh, Shane, a.k.a. Uncle Buckets. Now, you look like you're one of the rare Canadians that actually shave. Is that correct? It's, uh, that is correct, Ross. I, I do shave, and I actually am a member of uh, Dollar Shave Club. So there you go. I've been using them for a couple of years. Not only do I shave my face, but I'm a head shaver, too. I'm one of those guys. Cheap hair dye, we like to call it. Oh, nice. I let, yeah, I can tell. I'm looking at your Twitter right now. He's at Uncle Buckets on Twitter, B-U-C-K-E-T-T-S. This is the second time we've had him on because Shane had me on his podcast. I'll be going on again. And he and his buddy, what's your buddy's name? It's like Moose or something? <laughs> Moose, I've got Blister, I've got Slim. Uh, I've, got, oh, I've got a buddy up here called Moose. We all go by nicknames up here. I love it. Moose, Blister, Slim. And they are the Internet's only auction specific website and podcast the fantasy football auction.com all right so shane obviously evan's gonna have a lot of stuff to ask you and we did the intro for, for sure. you last year but i do want you i was thinking about this today so i've done a lot of best ball leagues now i've done a dynasty league i've done a bunch of redraft leagues I've done a reality sports online league, which is kind of like an auction and a dynasty combined. I still don't know that I've done, maybe I'm just forgetting, I still don't know that I've done an actual auction league. So for the second year in a row, sell me on why I'm a loser and I'm missing out by not doing auction, fantasy football auction drafts. Well, Ross, first of all, if you did an auction before, you'd remember. That's why you should do it. You wouldn't be trying to think of if you've done it or not because it's the, it's the best way to draft, especially if you're going to draft live. It's uh, unbelievable the amount of tension and camaraderie and uh, action that's going on in the room at all times is, uh, is fantastic. So you'd remember, Ross, if you'd done, done one before. But if you haven't and you want me to sell you on it, listen, um, it, it's like uh, – a regular snake draft, as I hear a lot of people say it like this, it's like checkers and an auction. That's like chess. It's, uh, it's a lot of mind work. It's more nuanced to it. And uh, every time you draft, a, you draft a team or you do an auction with your buddies, if you were to do one right again at, right away after, it'd be completely different. So every time you do one, it's, it's this little nuance, this, uh, this, this strategic uh, battle of snake draft after really you could go on auto pick and have a relatively de- decent team. You get to construct, you get to manage that roster construction exactly the way you want it. You want Todd Gurley and Antonio Brown. You can have them both in this particular style of league, Ross. Yeah. I like the fact what you said that you can change one thing and that it, 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 you know, one little thing changes the whole thing. Cause I don't know, Evan, I don't know if I feel like that's the case with the best ball. I mean, it can change a little bit, but it does seem like, especially in the early rounds, you can almost predict who people are going to take, Evan. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's very different. I mean, there's no question. And it's my favorite way to draft. Now, I don't do enough drafts each year via auction just because 
I don't know. It's just kind of the way that, that, that things play out. Um, I did a live draft One recently, but it was a snake draft. We thought about doing an auction draft, um, but people, more people were comfortable doing the snake. So I don't know. I hope that at some point it, it well, starts to proliferate, the- but it, it's great to have you back on the show. Uncle Buckets, and um, I wanted to ask you just just general strategy uh, on auction. What is your number one strategy uh, when you are approaching an auction draft? So my number one strategy, really, the first thing I do is I take a look at the scoring settings in the league that I'm going to be in because that's going to dictate what I'm going to do as far as my auction prep. If there's going to be PPR or some uh, sometimes there's point per carry, that's going to vary the way that I'm going to attack the auction. So in a typical one, let's say it's a PPR, uh, right now I'm, uh, I'm leaning towards going receiver heavy because I think that I've done enough research that I can get some guys uh, laid at the cheaper with the running back position. So right now I like to just sit down and work out some budget strategies. Usually if I'm going to go heavy on something, I'm looking at about 110 bucks at that, that particular position. So right now my gut is telling me that I might go a little bit wide receiver heavy right now and try to get some of those big guns in that top tier of wide receiver. What do you think that the main benefits of doing an auction draft over a snake draft are besides, you know, what we kind of touched on or we alluded to initially, what, why do you think that auction is, is better? Well, I think auction is better because I get to pick how uh, I conduct my team. It's not just some sort of random, oh, I got pick number seven, and now I'm stuck mm-hmm. you know, taking that particular guy. Uh, I get to attack the draft the way I want to attack it, and I can build the team that I want to build. And I think that that scares some people off who maybe are new to auction because, boy, you feel like you got to know so much, but the idea that I get to build my team and it's not just a random event that makes me choose whether I'm going with a top running back or a top wide receiver. I think that's the reason why auction is uh, so special. What, what is your ideal roster construction in auction? Is it, you know, balanced across the board and just trying to stack your roster with as many solid, good players who could hit uh, as possible, or do you go stars and scrubs or, you know, do you do like a variation? You, um, what is your favorite way to construct your roster in auction? Well, I'm more of a star and stars and scrubs, scrubs type of a guy because I think that I can work the waiver wire in season. Like the draft is only one third of the whole process, right? So start with a good team and get some good good names and good scoring guys in, at each position. In particular, the running back and wide receiver. Those one Z positions, I'm more apt to spend just a couple of bucks at the quarterback or tight end, but really I want a big name receiver and I want a hog that's going to be running that football for me too. So I want to really be able to get uh, to a, you know, a big guy at receiver and a big guy at running back. That's, uh, that's where I'm going to start. And then I'm going to start uh, digging around trying to find some values to, to really build up the rest of my roster. During the actual draft, do you often put up players for bid in the auction that you have no intention of bidding on just so that, you know, other people will use their money on those guys that you don't want? Or are you usually putting up for bid guys that you do want? Well, it depends on what phase of the draft we're in. If we're early in the draft, mm-hmm. typically I'm going to throw guys that I'm not interested in because I want to try to get as much money 
take it off the board as I can right off the hop. So that at the beginning is kind of my strategy. I'm going to throw some guys out there that I don't want so that uh, we can start to set some price points too. I think it's important to, you know, let's say I don't want Antonio Brown. I'm going to throw him out there and see what's everyone else going to do. Are guys going to be, is there going to be inflation at the receiver position? Are guys going to go for 65 bucks, let's say for Antonio Brown? That helps me to realize we're be able to find values later. So at the beginning of my draft, yeah, I'm throwing out guys I don't necessarily want. And then as the draft moves, I start having to use those nominations, and which it's a huge strategy, the nomination. I think that if you go in and just pick the next guy on the board, that uh, you're doing it wrong. Because later on, now you start to throw out some guys maybe that you want. And it's one thing that we've been looking at, and we've been talking with some guys that have come on our pod. Um, looking at the ranking on the site that you're drafting on and using that as kind of an indicator too, because we're starting to learn now that uh, the ranking on, let's say, Yahoo is uh, going to really dictate where the values are going to be. And if you nominate someone too early, let's say you nominate, uh, you know, the fourth running back that's going to be nominated uh, is actually ranked 15th in Yahoo, you're going to find that guys are going to overpay for that position too. So knowing that nomination uh, strategy early, mid, and late in your draft is really important. So let's take that specifically. Um, are there any players that stand out to you this year that you don't want and that you would put up for bid uh, kind of early in the auction so that other people will spend their money on those guys and you don't yeah. have to? Yeah, you bet. I mean, guys that, I mean, for me right now, it's going to be like Julio Jones. Let's say, let's throw him out early. I think people are valuing him higher than what we have him on our site and where I feel comfortable paying for him. Devontae Adams is another guy for me as well that I'm going to throw out there. Um, even a guy like Lev Bell and Gronk, like those guys are big names. Guys really want them on the rosters, but I don't feel like I want to pay that level of dollar value for those guys i'd rather uh um get someone else to spend 65 bucks let's say on a, a guy like Lev Bell. do you ever all right so say someone puts up nominates a guy for bid in the auction do you very often jump into the bidding and just try to get the price up really with no intention of getting that particular player or do you just kind of hang back and you know kind of let you know, let the, uh, the the bidding on that player take form? Well, I think that, it, like nomination has an important strategy, I think bidding has an important strategy too. I don't think you want to be the same in your bidding style all the time. So there are times where I'll bid guys up knowing knowing well that they're going to go for higher than what, I, what I'm going to bid at and let someone else go, so that people in the room are thinking, oh, geez, like he wants to go running back heavy. But then at the same time, Maybe I'll be the last guy to kind of one-up it because I know that he's probably going to go for five bucks more. I did this with uh, Alvin Kamara the other night in the draft where he was sitting at uh, 48 bucks and I hadn't bid on him yet. So I put one more on for uh, 49 thinking that, oh, he's probably going to go for somewhere in the 50s. I got stuck with him, but quote-unquote stuck Alvin Kamara at 50 bucks. I'm more than happy with that. So now mm -hmm. I sit down and I rejig my, uh, my budget so I can be ready to attack different positions. So. I think you need to vary that bidding, that bidding too, just to keep the guys in the room honest, and they don't necessarily know what your what your plans are. Great, and this is the last one. Um, 
Who are some of the specific players that you are targeting in auction drafts this year? We already talked about some of the guys that you're willing to put up for bid and might go for high prices that you don't necessarily want. But who are some guys that you want that are that are in your crosshairs as you enter an auction draft? You bet. So right now, I'd say at the receiver position, um, I'm valuing guys like our site's valuing like Michael Thomas and Keenan Allen right now. We see them as uh, – top-tier guys where maybe the rest of the draft rooms aren't necessarily picking those guys in the top five or six. So we're seeing that you can maybe save four or five bucks picking up one of those guys, which comes in really handy later on. We're also seeing, which, I mean, isn't any surprise, like a Larry Fitzgerald right now. We have him ranked inside our top ten, but uh, that's not where people are valuing him. So we right now what we have as a value indicator on him is about a $14 savings. So he's someone we're looking at. If we're going to go over to the running back position, uh, it gets to be a, a, a little bit later. So, like, we like guys like um, like an Alex Collins right now, where we have him at 15 on our board, but he's, you know, maybe more of that run, low-end running back, too, for most guys. So we got about $10 savings there. And then I also love Royce Freeman this year. I think that uh, once he starts to really take on that RB1 in Denver, that you're going to see him really creeping up boards and uh, um, scoring RB1 numbers for you. And uh, right now he's going off the board at about 12 bucks, and uh, that's like about a $10 savings from where we have him ranked. So those are uh, running backs and receivers that we're targeting. Shane, it's always a pleasure to talk with you, my friends. Uh, my friend, you have an awesome site, <laughs> thefantasyfootballauction.com. You have an awesome nickname, Uncle Buckets, and I love the picture of you and your daughter on your Twitter handle, your Twitter avatar. That's what it's all about, my friend. Thanks, man. And I even cracked the blue for you today because last year we talked about uh, we talked about blue and uh, is it a myth that all Canadians drink it? So I thought I would crack a blue for you today when I got back on the pod. So. I really appreciate being on, Ross and Evan. Uh, listen to you guys all the time, and it's a real pleasure to be on the podcast with you guys. I love it. I'm actually going to a, a pool party on Saturday, and my buddy uh, is the Eastern PA manager for Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light, so I will have a blue or 22 on Saturday. So very much looking forward <laughs> That's to awesome. it. That's awesome. Thanks, Uncle Buckets. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Uncle Buckets was awesome. You know what else is awesome, Evan? Lightstream. And you know how why it's awesome? Because I've gotten at least five at this point emails from listeners who have used it to cut down their credit card consolidation. Look, it happens, right? I mean, it's not like a, a fatal flaw, but you're in your 20s, early 30s. You got a couple different credit cards. You're buying stuff because you want it. You only live once. I get it. But now you're smart enough to realize you should not be paying those crazy rates. There's no reason to do it. You can consolidate all of your credit card loans from 5.89% APR with auto pay. Think about that. The average credit card interest rate is over 18%. You're literally listening to a fantasy podcast where we talk about numbers. We talk about increasing your odds. We talk about data. This is not hard, okay? Go to lightstream.com slash feast. 
and they'll give you a special discount on top of the one I already told you. Again, lightstream.com slash feast, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash feast. Subject to credit approval, of course, Evan. Rates include 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash feast for more information. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. And Evan, because you're really asking questions on this podcast to Evan, because you really just want to know what Evan thinks, unless it is O-line related, which I will be doing next week, as we discussed yesterday. And all these injuries and stuff are giving me additional work to do, which is totally not cool. Stop getting weird syndromes or illnesses, stop getting hurt, because now I have to do my rankings over again. So they're just creating more work for me at this point, Evan. Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys' offensive line is kind of in a tough spot right now. Um, Connor Williams, you know, they got a rookie left guard, and, you know, rookies don't always have immediate success in the NFL. And he was supposed to be a top 10 pick, but he didn't play as well his final year at Uh, Texas and he fell to the 50th pick in the draft and you know he's gotten pushed around a little bit by Geno Atkins and DeForest Buckner that's going to happen to people but guess what he's got K1 short and Don Terry Poe in week one and Travis Frederick you know he's just out indefinitely no one can say exactly when he's going to be back but uh, ESPN longtime Cowboys beat writer uh, Todd Archer reported he's essentially likely to miss several weeks during the regular season and Dr. David Chow uh, has suggested that his season could even be in danger, uh, but it's just out indefinitely is the the you know the most honest way to put it based on what we know right now. And then their right guard, Zach Martin, maybe you know the best guard in football, has um, a hyperextended and bruised left knee. We're not going to see him the rest of the preseason. Hopefully, he'll be out there in week one. But you know maybe he'll be out there in week one at less than a hundred percent. And, you know, suddenly their offensive line isn't looking like the dominant force that it projected to be just a couple of weeks ago. Let's get to the email question here, Evan, and we'll break down all of the O-line tiers to give you the added advantage that you need uh, next week. This comes to us from Ben in Wisconsin. By the way, I love everything about Wisconsin I love their O-linemen. I love the ice cream up there. I love brats. I love beer. Uh, I I love how nice the people are. Mm -hmm. Um, Wisconsin's pretty incredible. That's where you went to college, correct? Yeah, man. If I could really pick any place to live, I think I might live in in Wisconsin, like in the Milwaukee area. I, I love it, too. Totally agree. I think I might pick Madison. They got that main street. Yeah where you can't drive and dude, their student union is on a a body of water. I I guess it's a lake and they sell beer and brats. Zero percent chance. I would ever go to class even once. If I went to Wisconsin, zero percent, I would just copy. um, I would just grab notes from girls. I was a good (laughs) note gatherer throughout my education. So high school, college, Hey, can I see your notes? Yeah, sure. Read through the notes. Get a B something. You know, I'm not getting an A, but a B something without having to go to class. I mean, that's just 
That's just time efficiency. That's what helped me to be able to do all these podcasts, Evan. Just, just making Princeton proud. Just, just, just making Princeton crowd. Oh man, I spoke to the teachers at my high school today and alerted them that I only ever read Cliff Notes when I was in high school. Anyway, um, thanks for the podcast, guys. Ross with the energy, positive attitude, and Evan with the fire takes advice. Love it. Need some help? I'll keep it as short as possible. We're trying to give all the necessary info. Twelve team PPR keeper can keep three players max. Standard starting lineup, he picks 12th in every round. No snake. Would have to give a one and a three to keep Todd Gurley. I'd use my first round pick on him, then lose my third as well. My second round pick would be at spot 24 and wouldn't pick again until spot 48. Think that'll set me back too far or worth it? Keeping M. Thomas for a six for sure. Michael Thomas, other keeper options. A-Rob in the fourth round. Josh Gordon in the fourth round. Eh. Corey Davis in the sixth round. Geo, Geo in the 11th round. So who are the two best keepers after Michael Thomas? Thanks for all the entertainment. You know what I realized, Evan? For these keeper leagues... It's like a lot of information to try to remember, like when they give you their whole scenario. Oh, I just had to write all that stuff down. Um, so he can keep Gurley for a one and a three. He's already keeping Thomas for a six. And the other options are Allen Robinson, four, Josh Gordon, four, Corey Davis, six, and Geo, 11. I know what I would do. You want to hear my advice? Sure. Uh, he's right about Michael Thomas. I would keep yep. Gurley for the one and the three. And I would keep Corey Davis in the sixth. So this is a keeper league. So the rounds are watered down, first of all. Um, A-Rob would not even be in consideration in the fourth round. Um, You know, that's essentially like keeping him basically in the third round. Um, You know, of like a, a regular draft. And I don't even think he's worth it in the fifth round of a regular draft, which is usually where where he goes. Josh Gordon, I, you know, I, I'm, I lean optimistic on Josh Gordon. I lean glass half full, but this is quite a price to pay. And when I'm doing keepers, I lean safety. Um, so I'm willing to take him, you know, around the fourth, fifth turn of a regular draft. But again, this is watered down. You're essentially keeping him for what would be the equivalent of a third round pick. And I think it's too much risk. Um, Corey Davis, this, you know, you're having a lot of optimism with him to keep him even at a six round cost, which is basically where he's going in a regular draft. Um, he often even lasts until the seventh round. So it's, it's very optimistic. And then I do kind of like the idea of keeping Geo in the 11th. Um, but, you know, it's very possible that he's just not a contributor. I mean, you could go back and look at last year. He wasn't a contributor until late in the season. He needed a Joe Mixon injury to be any kind of a contributor. He wasn't, he was a guy that you could have, you know, you, you could have, he, he could have easily made it onto the waiver wire. I mean, he was not doing anything to help you. So you, I don't know, does he have to keep three guys? You know, he, he didn't really make that clear. Um, the price to pay for Todd Gurley is 
really high, but I'm with you. I think that you end up keeping him. Um, and then, you know, you're, you're losing that, the 12th overall pick, I guess. And then the, the pick at the end of the third round. So I think it's, it's okay to make that sacrifice. And then I'm fine keeping Corey Davis. So I think that we're, we're on the same page. It's a lot to give up, but you are keeping some really quality talent. I think you can rely on Michael Thomas as your wide receiver one. You can rely on Todd Gurley as your running back one. Um, and then Corey Davis, I think you would ideally want him to be your wide receiver three, but I do think he has wide receiver two potential. So you're, you're keeping a lot of talent. You're not going to have a lot of early round picks, which kind of stinks. But uh, I think that, you know, I, I think that this is the best approach for what you have, assuming that you have to keep three players. You know, I've been telling a lot of people, Evan, lately on some of the other podcasts, like Even Money and College Draft podcast about the BetQL app. I'll tell you what else is pretty awesome also, the Squad QL app. Because it recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. So you're like, okay, how do they actually do that? It connects directly with your league. So whether you're on Yahoo or ESPN or CBS or whatever, it connects directly to that. So it pulls in your actual roster and your league scoring system. Then it provides waiver and trade recommendations. It's all algorithms, okay? You don't use your own brain. Just use algorithms. That's The whole world is a big algorithm. I'm just telling you this right now. Head to squadql.com to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy football manager. It's brought to you by the dudes at RotoQL. That is the daily fantasy lineup optimizer that over 100,000 DFS players have already. You can download RotoQL or SquadQL for free for both Apple and and Android. That'll do it for our second Fantasy Feast Eaton podcast this week. Next week will be the last week before we're breaking down every relevant fantasy player in every game because we have the greatest of all time, Evan Silva. I can't wait. Next week we'll have another awesome guest and yours truly will do the O-line tears of Evan Rossi style. That's what my friends call me, Rossi. Don't ask. And I'll also, or Big Sexy. I prefer Big Sexy, actually. Um, or The Dancing Bear. That's another story. But anyway, so the point is, is make sure you listen to the shows next week. They're going to be awesome. And we will announce the last three winners and entries into the Fantasy Feast Eaton Redraft League so you can show Evan Silva what is up. I'm stuffed. We're done. That was two. We're done. That was two. We're done now. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.